0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Fish Fights, the Miami Heralds, Miami Marlins podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson. He's Andre Fernandez. The 2021 season's over, Well, at least for the Miami Marlins. Twelve other teams are in the playoffs at this point.
1: But with that said, Dre, how are you? Good, man. It is playoff time, which means vacation time for you, my friend. By vacation
0: time, you mean bouncing around, doing some other stuff? Panthers have Panther season starts in a couple weeks. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Take some time. I will be taking some time off, but I can't take away my time talking with you every week, Dre. So let's just jump right into it. The Miami Marlins, fresh off of playoff season in that shortened 2020 year, they finish with a healthy 67 and 95 record. They were the sixth worst in baseball and only the second worst in the Na- the National League East, thanks to the Washington Nationals, finishing a couple games below them.
1: So who are they picking sixth in the draft next year?
0: That's way too far ahead, man. We, That's way I've, too far ahead.
1: Okay, yeah, I've, The fact I've, that they are picking sixth in the draft, though, uh, uh, you know, sad, very sad. I'm sorry for people listening that are wishing Jordan a nice vacation, that Jordan wouldn't be on vacation one of these Octobers, but, Still seems pretty far away.
0: Hey, I got three games of October baseball this year. I guess I'll have to take that and run.
1: <laughs> technically <laughs> October. There yeah, you go.
0: It technically was October, but big picture, just Marlins internally came in with a lot of expectations for themselves after the playoff run, which you know they're going to say that, but right from the jump, everything kind of fell apart. I mean, yeah. you look at right at the beginning when – Sixo Sanchez gets injured day one at the alternate training site, never throws a pitch. Mm-hmm. Eliezer Hernandez gets hurt. His first start goes on the six day IL twice. And all of a sudden that starting rotation that was supposed to be what they build around and what basically carries them. You're down two spots before you even get through the opening weekend. And at that point you're rolling through prospects who were supposed to just be depth, and you're going, you're going with guys like Cody Potique. You're going through bullpen days, and from that point, on top of the offense being what we expected it to be, it was just, it was basically doomed from the start.
1: I mean, it is a shame because then, like you said, you're 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 reaching far into your system farther than you wanted to. And my Cody Potique, I even, I that even slipped my mind though. So it feels like that was so long ago when that when when he came up. But yeah. And then you're accelerating the timetable on some guys that you probably didn't want to have didn't want to put on the mountain just yet, like you did with some prospects early on. And then offensively, I mean, we didn't expect, let's say, Starley Marte and Adam Duval to be world beaters, let's say, but think about the seasons they had. Had things gone not gone as south, maybe early on. I don't know what this team really would have, how far they really could have gotten, but it wouldn't have been this. Looking at what they were able to do, I mean, yes, they got on better teams at the end of the season. And, you know, Duval ends up leading the National League in RBI. Marte hits 308, even though he was also, you know, dealing with some injuries and whatnot. You know, they had to make the moves that helped the future in theory by what they did. But at the same time, yeah, you can't help but think the the shame of it was having to just mix and match and all of that that went with that that hurt the timetable hurt some of the, the you know the development and then maybe what they could have built off of this year on the field because yeah i mean look it, a lot of it is development but a lot but you do you do feel you, you get something you take something from a season of of showing some progress and they did in some areas here and there but i think some of the, some of those setbacks also deprive them of what could have been in a lot in this season, both on the mound and especially when it comes to the lineup, but, you know, we'll dive into it. I mean, they, they didn't make one really nice pickup, which I don't think anybody was expecting Brian De La Cruz. I mean, he's, he he was the best move they made. I mean, disappointing on the other end with the trade for Lozardo, at least for this season did not, you know, did not pitch. Even people that they didn't have high hopes for him. You know, even some of those starts, he really struggled but at the same time, I think they found, at the very least, someone that you go in the next season thinking this this kid's going to contend for a starting spot.
0: Yeah, with well, David Cruz, he hit just shy of 300. And that was for a trade for Jimmy Garcia to the Astros, with Jimmy Garcia set to be a free agent going into the offseason. Sort of reminiscent of what they did, like we mentioned, when going into the trade deadline, what they did to get Lewin Diaz in the Sergio Romo deal, find a guy who could potentially be part of your future a couple years down the road for a guy who you know is not coming back the year after. Mm -hmm. So they were able to find a piece there. A couple other injuries outside of what happened on the mound. Obviously Brian Anderson's season just getting cut up by three different injuries during the year. Jesus Aguilar at the end of the year with a knee injury that ultimately ended up with having surgery. Uh, He was leading the league in RBI up until the injury happened. Then Duvall ultimately supplanted him. Yeah. But that also, on the bright side, opened the door for Lewin Diaz for the final three weeks of the season. As we both said, it would have been great to have a much larger sample size of Leywin going into the offseason. But we did get to see Leywin specifically. I mean, we know the bat is the main thing I will to talk about, but his defense was solid through those three months. And looking at the fan graphs numbers, I think I look at heading into the final weekend, despite only playing about 200 innings, he was among the top five among first basemen, regardless of how many innings they played in defensive run saves. Now it's above average in barely 200 innings worth of work. While some guys had 11, 12, 1300 innings to show that in that small sample size. And just imagine what that could become. That was at the very least one of the bright spots. There were others, obviously Sandy Alcantara going 200 innings, 200 Ks, first time in his career, fifth time, fifth Marlin to ever do it. Uh, yeah. and just step up beyond the mound. And again, seeing the glimpses of Jazz Chisholm Jr., obviously they need some more consistency outside of just the big flashes when we saw them, the like emergence of Trevor Rogers. So there were some bright spots in here, but again, that's all gets lumped under the shadow of what the final win-loss record was and the missed playoff opportunity that they were striving for.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you don't want to throw the term ace lightly. I don't like throwing around too lightly either, but at least now from where Sandy was a few years ago to now, it's impressive to see how much he's grown, how much he's developed, how much he's stepped up and really taken a hold. And now you know who your top of the rotation guy is, you know, maybe for a little bit. I mean, I know future will tell contractually and whatnot how long he stays as a Marlin. But for the time being, that's your that's your number one. Now it's who you kind of stack up behind him in that rotation little by little. And that's not my concern because they have plenty of guys there. It's, it's the offense. And when are some of these bats, I keep, keep repeating that to death, but it's, it's the truth. And, you know, the Trevor Rogers will be fine. You know, it, to me, it's when it comes to the bats, though, the worrisome parts, and I don't know if this, you want to transition into like what they may or may not do in the yeah. offseason. Oh, Lewin, they did want to make a point about Lewin. Yeah, like you said, the defense doesn't surprise me at all either because, again, that was what I always heard from people, you always heard from people, that defense was going to be – he he almost was like major league ready, even a double A, but the bat, to see the bat come along. And, yeah, it was small, but not, not a tiny sample size either. It was decent. Like he got a decent amount of playing time too, which is good to see for him going into next year. But as far as the offseason, what does this team do behind the plate? Because yeah. that's one of the big concerns to me is how, you know, it doesn't. It, Al Faro's no longer the option, but who is? I mean, they have a couple of guys in the farm system, but we don't know. You know, that's it's still too soon to tell on those guys. So, is this the year they do what they do, This coming year, the year that they do what they didn't do last last season, which a lot of people thought they should have, and do they go and sign a free agent catcher? And if so. Who is that free agent catcher? I mean, you don't want to go out and get a guy just to get bodies because you do have some bodies that you could put there and some deep, some average, you know, decent, capable. But if you're gonna spend, are you gonna bring in a guy who conceivably not just maybe even you don't want to, you don't give a catcher too long of a contract, obviously, but you bring in a guy that could be here maybe a couple of years until some of that organizational depth and prospects are are closer to the major league level I just don't see any guys out there I mean to me they're not getting posey you know the Giants aren't going to do aren't going to let him go I mean you look at a few names that have club options I mean if a Mike Zanino would come free but why would the Rays dump him I mean if they have a club option on him same goes for Tucker Barnhart I'm sure the Reds don't want to get don't want to drop him so that leaves you with some options like say a Jan Gomes You know, do you go get Austin (laughs) Romine? I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't look like there's anyone there, at least on the free agent market, that's super tantalizing that you're like, oh, wow, let's get that guy and, you know, make him a a staple there at least for a year or two.
0: Yeah, the list is very, very thin. As you mentioned, again, Zunino and Barnhart seem like if their club options get denied seem like the top two options, but everyone else under there is – Right. More or less that second tier guy. And then on the Marlin side themselves, you realize the magnitude of the situation when after trading for Alex Jackson when in that Duval trade, which again was a matter of knowing Duvall wasn't going to accept club op the mutual option and just trying to get something for him. When you come out in July, right after trading for Alex Jackson and go, Yeah, we're gonna give him the bulk of the reps and see where see where he stands, and then with two weeks left in the season, Call up two other catchers and go. Yeah, we're gonna give these guys. We're gonna give Peyton Henry, Nick Fortes a look and do a three-person mm-hmm. rotation. Mm-hmm. That kind of tells you where they are and that they're really nowhere at this point. And <laughs> yeah. that's troubling. That definitely is. is troubling. I mean, you look at it, Alex Jackson was struggled a lot. Peyton Henry is known for his defensive and his game calling. Nick Fortes is known for the bat. He hit four home runs and I think it was eleven games, but. He still has a lot of work to do defensively behind the plate. And you just don't know what you have with any of the guys here. And the fact that you tried out these three guys tells you what the team thinks about Corey Alfaro. Obviously Alfaro missed the end of the year with injury, but just the fact that you traded for Alex Jackson in the first place and started with that sort of gives you the writing on the wall at some point, some point with where Alfaro is. But, yeah, the the pickings are very slim unless they go the trade route, which even then, there's still no guarantees at that point.
1: And Joe Mack is a long way away if he pans out. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking 2025 maybe. Peyton Henry might have a shot. I mean, he could come up next year, 24 years old maybe, but how good was he going to be? And then there's our our good old buddy uh, Will Banfield who is still right. I mean Mm –
0: yeah, and he missed a decent amount of time at the end of the season in high A, and again, he's still only in. He hasn't gotten to the upper minors yet.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. so it's not – yeah, there's no one knocking on the door right now. Not really. Maybe, maybe Peyton Henry, maybe. Yeah,
0: I but, mean, Henry showed a little bit defensively during that small sample size he was up here, but there was nowhere near enough time in order to make to make a definitive judgment call on him or Fortez, or even in my mind, Alex Jackson,
1: who yeah, had the I, biggest yeah. time there. I mean, I do think they do go and sign somebody. I yeah. really do. I think they will. Now, question is, what kind of caliber free agent do they go and get at that spot? I don't know. Do they bring in someone like one of those guys we talked about, like a Gomes or a ty- or or a Gomes type, just to be the veteran? And then you have Henry as his backup to continue to learn and develop. Do you do that next year and, you know, try to get a little more stability there? Maybe. wouldn't, I wouldn't It wouldn't surprise me. I mean... That's the one area. That's one area of need. I think the other two, I think which we'll dump into, you know, bullpen relief pitching probably, you know, was not addressed as much as it should have in the uh, last off season. I think they, they make a push next year or they should. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the outfield is still a mix of, you know, guys that aren't quite ready yet. And who do you keep as a starter? I mean, you mentioned, of course, Jesus Sanchez. He's going to have a very good chance of starting the year. Maybe you know one of the corner, probably right field. I would think
0: right field, been his natural, his most natural spot. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so and the way he the way he was at the plate, I wouldn't doubt it. And then De La Cruz has played his way into potentially a starting spot. And then, but then that leaves who do you put in left or who, who's the next guy? You know, to I mean, it's at that point. I mean, I mean, where's where's Brinson next year? Where's yeah. Mont, Monte next year? Bleday's not ready. Is Peyton Burdick your one of your opening day starters in the outfield? Or no, he's going uh, to start in AAA. He's going to have to start.
0: He's going to have to start in AAA. He only spent two weeks up at you AAA after spending all in double. You're not. Yeah, rushing you can't
1: rush that. So, and, and that's the and that's the thing. None of the prospects right now, minimum, you're talking somewhere in the first three months of the season within the first three months of the season, maybe like a verdict, maybe gets called up, but no one's going to be there on opening day as far yeah. as the top, top prospects. So,
0: and that's where it goes back to the disappointment of how day's season unfolded because after spring training and just the hope and the optimism was he goes through a full year in the minors and then would go into spring training, potentially fighting to make an opening day roster and, when we rehash his numbers, it just it wasn't pretty this year, and it's most likely I would be shocked if he doesn't start back in Double A again. He's probably going to have to considering uh-huh. yeah. considering what he did. I'm repulling his numbers back up this year: uh, two twelve batting average, 101 strikeouts in 468 plate appearances, twelve home runs, 54 RBI, walked 64 times, so he had a 323 on base percentage, but that 212 batting average is not going to help his case, nor is that 695 OPS.
1: No. No, and, and that's the thing. I mean, this next next opening day was sort of potentially a target. They had the, had everything gone on track as a time where you think maybe he's going to be in spring training, competing for a starting job at that point. But that it's pretty far, it's pretty far below what it is right now. In fact, there's a worry now if he's going to figure it out, if he's going to get back on course and and fix some of those things that have gone wrong and 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 maybe get him back on track to be what they hoped he could be. I mean crucial off season, crucial season next year. And I know I I I'm with you. I think he does definitely start in Pensacola and then work your way up from there and see what he can do.
0: Yeah. And to go back to the free agent side, uh both uh GM Kim Ang on Friday mentioned that the Marlins will be active. Jeter, Derek Jeter, CEO, reiterated that they're going to be active in finding some in during free agency to get better free agency, the off season, the hot stove season to get to improve for next year. And when you look at everything, this is the year where they have to make some sort of a splash, regardless of whether it is through free agency or through a trade. Because when you look at everything, I understand why they didn't do it last year. You're coming off the pandemic. They didn't have the TV deal in place. There was still a lot of uncertainty about financially where everything was going to be. This year, you had the stadium naming rights. You have the revamped stuff with the TV contract. There's very little on the books right now. Miguel Rojas is five and a half million. Anthony Bass is three million dollars, second year of his contract, and then guys in arbitration. There's I think about ten guys that they are more than likely going to be bringing back for arbitration eligible. That's it outside of guys making the minimum. So they can't use the excuse of like having the Wei in Chen 22 million on the book like they had back in 19 and, or 18 and 19 and 20 and all that. They have, in terms of what they have on the book, it's relatively little. So there needs to be some sort of move made just to show that they're doing what they can to try to take that next step.
1: Well, what, a, but when they say spending, Here's my thing. I mean, yes, they're going to have more money. But are they going to have the money to really make a big splash and get, A, is there really that guy available? But, B, are they going to get that guy? Because that guy last year was a guy like Castellanos. Is that the type of player they can – I'm not saying him per se necessarily, but I'm saying A, of that caliber, that type of impact, is that guy out there next year and and are they going to do that or are they just going to go get next year's Matt Joyce, you know, someone like that, you know, that's eh, it's fine. It's he helps a little. I mean, Marte is going to be on the market, but you know, I don't <laughs> that's my thing. It's like I don't are they are they really going to go out there and get a guy that's really going to make enough of an impact? Because I don't think you can just take for granted right now. I mean, like they're, they're swimming in outfield prospects. I mean, yes, the prospects are there, but some of those guys, I mean, not just Blade, you're still, there's still question marks. Are they going to pan out? Are they going to be the guys you're hoping for? You know, and and again, like we said, there's nobody that's going to be ready on opening day, it looks like. And maybe, and we're even thinking Burdick, you know, maybe a little before midseason, but we don't know that. And things happen and things happen, guys. You never know if there's injuries or anything happens. So you. Again, it sounds like I'm rambling, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just I want I'm curious to see how much they're able to spend to really attract like an impact player. Like, look, like you know who pops out at me? One of these names. Kyle Schwarber. Twenty nine. I mean, he has a mutual option right now, but. Does that happen? I'm, I don't know. I don't, I'm I'm just throwing names out again. I don't know any of the, the specific situations for some of these guys on the, with other other clubs and what their intentions may be. But do they go out and get those types of guys that come in and maybe can, you know, add power? I mean, we know Schwarber is good power hitter, but then he could also kill you in the lineup and hit two ten on, on some stretches there too. So maybe you don't really want that either.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the guy who can kill you a hit you 10, that was the Adam Duvall route, and that worked out well for him this year. Right,
1: yeah, so you never know. <laughs> but anyway, but, but the point is, like, I just don't – to me, it's like, don't just spend and bring in a body, bring in a guy. Like, try to and, – and, and Duvall and Marte were impact, impact players, so that's the thing. Like, can they find that again And and, you know, really make that kind of expenditure? It sounds like they'll be able to. If they're going to spend more than they did last year – why wouldn't they? But again, there's no, there's no like, like multi all star stud out there either. That, that's going to, you know what I mean? Like that's going to cost a, a decent amount of money. There's no, there's none of those guys out there, you know? Like yeah. I think, not that I could see.
0: Yeah. And there's also the one thing else to worry about collective bargaining agreement. How yeah. is free agency going to get impacted by that? Are people going to be jumping the sign before it expires just to say they have something locked up? Are they going to wait to see what ends up getting hashed out, and then there be a match scramble right before spring training? How are it's going to make? It's just that dynamics going to make make things a lot more interesting this winter. Oh, mi- it's, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: I missed one. Jorge Soler, twenty seven homers, hit two twenty three for the Braves, but looks like he's on the market as well. But again, do they? Is that a guy? You know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. But it's a lot to look at. Obviously, it's still early. Nothing's really going to happen for at least another month. We've got playoffs to get to, and that'll be a good segue for the second half of the show where Dre and I are going to look at the, the playoff field. We're going to some, make some predictions and just enjoy a little bit of the postseason we can while watching it from a distance. So on that note, we will be right back. All right, we're back, everyone. And playoffs are already here. We've got the wildcard games Tuesday night and Wednesday night. So, and then everything kicked off from there for the rest of the month. So, Dre, let's just go through the bracket here. Uh, we'll start with the AL, the AL wildcard game Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Mm. Up, uh, pretty decent matchup against between two teams who really don't face each other too much, the Red Sox and the Yankees. Mm. They both Made it so that the chaos of a potential once game 163 and 164 was for naught, but eh, we'll forgive him for that. Uh, Dre, who do you like in this one?
1: Uh, Un,
0: from an unbiased neutral standpoint,
1: anybody checked on Bucky Dent? <laughs> <laughs> anybody say anybody talk, anybody spoken to Bucky Dent lately? I mean, that's the flashback I'm getting. I know it wasn't a wild card, but that's the only other time that I could think of the, of a one-game do-or-die Yankees-Red Sox, and that was at Fenway. Can Giancarlo, can our old friend Giancarlo Stanton fill in the, fill in the role of Bucky Dent and do what he did a couple of weeks ago and just crush a pitch or two at Fenway on Tuesday? If he does, the Yankees are advancing.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Garrett Colby on the mound for the Yankees. Nathan Yavaldi for the Red Sox. Another
1: former Marlin.
0: Another former Marlin, yeah. So, maybe Well, those gets, are everywhere. Yeah, well. <laughs> that I had to. Yeah, no, it's basically just about sums up. I mean, if we go back before this with the Mariners, Drew Steckenrider being the closer for the Mariner team that tried to make that yes. big push.
1: Yes. Very happy about to see that. So they, they came up short again, but I saw that the other day and was glad for Steck because, you know, with the arm issue, the elbow issue he had when he was here, kind of, you know, derailed his, his tenure here in Miami and, you know, glad, glad to see him pitching, you know, not just pitching, but pitching in a quality setting like that.
0: Yeah. But just for our prediction, I'm going to go with the Yankees for the one game, but, it for the one game wild card series, but it's going to set up an interesting division round playoff against the Rays, which just again that's going to be a that's going to be a fun series to watch. And then on the opposite end of the DS for the American League, it's the White Sox against the Astros, which feature now former Marlon Yimmy Garcia as one of their one of their relievers. Yimi, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then to flip over to the National League for the wild card round. Uh, St. Louis, which ripped off that 17-game win streak to be able to punch the ticket after having, I think it was like a 0.2% chance of making the playoffs before that, facing the Dodgers. And honestly, this is probably the matchup of the two they would have preferred, at least when you think about advancing on, because you only had to face one Dodgers pitcher compared to potentially having to go up against their entire rotation And mm-hmm. if you advance to the DS. So for me, this is—I'm excited about this one as well.
1: I am too. The, uh, the fact that LA is in such a spot, do or die, is just so it's just a so thrill to watch that. To think that I, I think they're still the best team. I think on paper they're so deep in the rotation. Yeah, I, I know it sucks to lose Kershaw, but if any team can withstand that, it's them. They're they are still loaded, still so many arms that they could throw at you. And and I'm gonna—I I think they they survive. I think they beat the Cardinals. And move on. And I don't know if you wanted to do this round by round or not, but they're, but I think if, if they do survive that game, I think they're going on another run to win it all because they're still the best team. They got hot late to the Giants credit. They had, they hung on barely just because of the cushion they had, you know, and, and, and that it's a shame again, that that's going to be a three out of five, that, that should be a four out of seven yes. bracketing, you know, et cetera. Everybody knows that's going to be a great series. But the pitching I think still separates the Dodgers and the you know, obviously the lineup too, but the pitching primarily, especially the starting pitching. Yeah. When you can just double up guys or it's just such an advantage. And I, I still see them as being the best team. I think they I think they make the run uh, on on that side of the bracket for sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, even with Kershaw down, they still have three guys who, from my thing, I'm the voter for the NL Cy Young this year. They have three guys who Yeah, legitimately, get into the argument for it in Walker uh, Walker Buehler, Max Scherzer, Julio Urias with 20 wins and a sub three ERA. It's just absolutely ridiculous how they have yeah, yeah. And if you had Kershaw in there, it almost feels like a no brainer (laughs) at that point.
1: Yeah, if you had Kershaw, I mean, yes, it's it is a loss, but and think about it too. I mean, not to not to knock Kershaw, but that's the one guy that's been kind of up and down yeah. when it comes to the post So yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to be fine. This is just a hurdle. Unfortunately, it's just for them like a, like a, a scary hurdle because obviously you're, you're on the brink in you know, in a do or die. But if, if they can clear this one with a, with a Cardinals team that got hot late, but maybe cooled off that last week, we'll see mm-hmm. if they survive that. I think that that's, the, that's exactly the spark they need. And I think they'll, They'll take off from there, but no, uh, yeah, no
0: no doubt about. It. And then just to wrap up, to do the DSs, we'll go into the ALCS <laughs> once we get the yep. matchups there. But uh, so we're both in agreement: Yankees and Dodgers coming out the wild card. So let's go back ALDS: Tampa against New York.
1: You know what I'd like to say, but I know what you it, would it, like it, to say. It, it just it just feels like just beating just for the Yankees to beat the Rays once feels like such a chore. Mm-hmm. Like it, it took such an effort just to get that one clinching win this past weekend. And that's a Rays team that at that point is trying to set their pitching right. And they're, they're already all wrapped up. They got their hundredth win. Even I can't see it. I, I think it's more of the same. I think the Rays take care of business and, and they're going on to the championship round at least.
0: Yeah. No gain to watch the Rays during that last road trip. It's just, they're fun to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. again, you, Don't think of them – I mean, obviously, you have Randy Rosarena. You have Randy Rosarena. Brandon Lau has been incredible. Mike Zunino is just hitting bombs, it feels like, every other day. Uh, Their pitching has been solid, like always. They know how to match up against opponents. They have that advanced scouting that seems to just outwit whoever the opponent is. Uh, I feel like Tampa's not just going to win this. I feel like they're going to make the run this year.
1: Plus the fact that I don't like the fact that the, for the Yankees sake, they lost LeMay, now it mm-hmm. probably will not play in that series. I would think I doubt he's going to be back in time. And that's a big hit because one of their best, he's one of their best in that lineup, you know, Luke Voigt's hurt. So they're kind of banged up. They've been kind of relying on, on, on clutch G, which, wow, that's great to see clutch G that was, yeah. was he hasn't always been for the most part, clutch G. So good to see him do that. And judge has been hot, but, it's when all those bats are together and Lemay was getting on base and driving in runs like that's when it's all clicking. So that, I think that loss is going to hurt the lineup, especially against that Rays pitching.
0: Yeah, and then uh, White Sox and Astros on the other side of the bracket.
1: That's going to be a doozy. I mean, Houston is another one of those teams. Just every year, every year they're consistent. They make it happen. But I'm going to go with the White Sox. I'm going to go with the fun team. I'm going to go with the the with a Bregu. I think those guys. You see another team that. Has taken a, a while to finally reap the benefits of a rebuild, and I just love the mix of players that they have. I'm going to pick the sl- it's the I, it's the slight upset there because it's not a, they're not underdogs necessarily, but but Houston's the team that's more established and has the experience. But I don't know, I have a funny feeling about the White Sox.
0: Yeah, I want to pick the White Sox. I just I'm having trouble going against just the lineup. When you look at Houston, I mean. Jordan Alvarez, 33 home runs, 104 RBI. Jose Altuve slugging eight, eight or OPSing 840, 31 home runs. Kyle Tucker with a breakout year, 30 home runs, 92 RBI. Yeah. Carlos Correa healthy for the full (laughs) season. And you have all of those guys together. Yeah. It just, I just feel like they're going to find the way to, they're going to find the way to move on. And again, to me, whoever comes out of that, it's going to set up a fun ALCS regardless of who comes out from that side of the bracket.
1: It it feels like we're getting a rematch one way or the other. We're either, we're either getting the rematch of last year or we're getting the rematch of four years ago, which God, it's already been four years <laughs> since the uh, Astros and Dodgers from, from 2017. I think, it, I think it's a rematch of one or the other probably, but yeah.
0: Yeah. And I feel like we're both in the greens for the NLDS for the first one, Dodgers, Giants, I think we're both in the yeah. greens on the Dodgers on that one. Even yeah, though again, yeah. again, again, it's still going to be – again, I still have to tip my cap to everything the Giants did this year. I don't think anybody could envision them getting, what was it, 107 wins to finish the year? Just absolutely ridiculous. All of their, all of their veteran guys who basically found a rebirth this year, they just – it was incredible to watch them, albeit from a distance because the Marlins played them so early in the year. That it was basically just we got to see them first month and a half, and then it was just okay just watching from the west watching the west coast scene from afar let
1: me tell you it is still going to be interesting if that if that series goes five to have the Dodgers have to win uh, you know in San francisco a uh, a uh, do or die game five that that is still going to be a tough ask if that if that gets that far enough I think the giants don't we're, don't sell the Giants short they could pull no, this oh, off not. but but I just on paper, it's hard to see. I just think the the pitching is going to make the difference. You could also very easily see LA throwing I don't know, Scherzer, or or, 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 I mean, I, I I would hope. I think they would want Scherzer with his experience to, to throw a potential Game Five on the road, handle that environment in a do or die setting like that. That'd be and 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 as a baseball fan, bring it because yeah. that's going to be so good.
0: Yeah. And then the last matchup in the NLDS, the Atlanta Braves and the Milwaukee Brewers.
1: Yeah. Talk about two teams that, I mean, it's hard to get a read on them. Yeah. Because Atlanta's been so up and down this year. I still like, it's like, it's like big picture Atlanta. I love, I still love what they are. I love what they're going to be and continue to be, but they're just not, they're just not fully Atlanta this year. So I don't think the Brewers I don't think the Brewers get past the winner of the uh, West Battle mm-hmm. in the, in the NLCS but I kind of giving a slight edge to Milwaukee and Corbin Burns has had an amazing year if he can pitch that way and get them two victories in that series they're going to be hard to beat
0: Yeah I mean you got Corbin Burns a 2 4 3 RA just the historic season uh, you got you got Adrian Hauser, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, who's like Burns is also in that Cy Young in the realm for votes for the Cy Young. Obviously right now Burns is one of the front runners, but again, you have the, you have the rotation there. Obviously their bullpen took a little bit of a hit. Uh, who was it? Was it Josh Hader? Was it Devin Williams who punched who ended up punching his hand and basically breaking his hand there after the celebration i think it was williams yeah, yeah. so again losing one of your two guys in the back end that's especially since that was their one-two punch all year yeah that's gonna be no intended. no no pun intended but it's still it's that's a loss yeah. for them
1: no absolutely and that's what i mean like both of these teams it's it's hard to get a read on them right now because of some of these hiccups and some of these injuries and but yeah, and Milwaukee's going to have again. If Milwaukee's also going to have that that edge too. Of if it goes five, it's at Miller, you know, yeah. and that, that's going to be that's a, we've seen that place during the playoffs how crazy that that place can get. So that's going to be that's going to be big for them as well if it goes that far.
0: Yeah, my one question for the Braves is how much different would this be if Acuna wasn't hurt?
1: That too. That's... That too. That's that's you're you're right. Acuna in the middle of that lineup, or, or at the top of that lineup, I'm sorry, makes a huge difference and just everything else just kind of falls into place with them. Ozo also mm-hmm. not there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of it's not it's not the Atlanta we thought they'd be this year. They did enough to win a subpar division this year overall to get back into the postseason, but that's why I gotta give the nod to Milwaukee. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, Braves still have a good – have a solid line. I mean, Freddie Freeman, Riley Adam or Austin Riley, Danzy Swanson, Duvall. Yeah, all. Well, they had a tremendous infield. Yeah, no, they had they, a tremendous yeah. – I mean, no. they almost
1: they, – they got very close to matching the – or getting close to the, the record that the Marlins just missed in the late 2000s of the entire infield hitting 30 each. Yeah. They got – it was only Dansby, I think, ended up with 27, but the other three got to 30 or more, so tremendous – I didn't feel that they still have but you know. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, but still I'm gonna go with the Brewers. It's gonna be close, but I'm gonna go with I'll I'll go with Milwaukee on that one. Yeah. Uh gonna be fun to watch. I mean yeah. not the no pre not the pressure of writing on deadline, no traveling to actually cover all these, but soon. Well
1: Hopefully. you're used to that, Maybe. unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry. I mean
0: I mean, I got spoiled a little bit in 2020 to be able to. Yeah. Get, well, yeah, you, last year, lights. yeah,
1: last year you got the taste of of what it's like, but yeah, yeah sorry, it went yeah. back to what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Yeah.
0: Time to catch up on sleep, whatever that is. Time to take <laughs> vacation, whatever that is. Yep. Uh, time well, I'm to- thinking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we didn't to to finish it off. Yeah, I kind of already jumped ahead and said who I think is going to win it all. I think LA is going to beat whoever comes out of the other NLDS and, and then is, who who is it for you? Is it LA Tampa?
0: I think it, I'm thinking is I'm going with Tampa to win it all. I just, oh, okay. I, I think it's the year. I feel like hmm. if they, as long as I feel like as long as they get out of, if they get there, they're going <laughs> to, I feel like they're going to win.
1: Could be. Yeah. I, I think it is going to be a rematch too. I mean, mm-hmm. Like I said before, either that or I'm I'm wrong my bracket is busted yeah. all the way from you know, the ALDS and honestly, the White Sox. I feel like I think, feel,
0: yeah, I feel like it's gonna be the Rays versus whoever wins between the Dodgers and the Giants. Whoever yeah. wins from that t- yeah. from that side of the bracket, I feel like it's gonna gonna be the final yeah. two.
1: I'm with you. Although Houston is the one team, even though I did pick against them because I mm-hmm. was soft spot for what the White Sox are, but mm-hmm. but, but Houston could be the one yeah. team. Houston, Tampa could be
0: a really fun ALCS.
1: Exactly. It could be one of those things where they sneak up and you know, again though can Houston beat Tampa in a long series Mm -hmm. especially if they have to win a decisive game at the Trop. Yeah. That'd be big.
0: Yeah. It's going to be fun
1: to watch. We'll be
0: keeping track of it throughout the next month and we'll be sprinkling in some Marlins news throughout throughout as well. Uh, Marlins actually just took quick Marlins news to end this. Uh, they started a prospect hitters camp at Lone Depot park. It's going to be happening mm-hmm. over the next three weeks. Uh, we're allowed media is allowed out there once a week. So I'll be out there a few times, be talking with some prospects throughout and be throwing out some prospect stories, some look ahead type pieces throughout the off season until we get into the true hot stove season. So look forward to all of that down the road as well. And with that, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Fish Bites. I'm Jordan McPherson. He's Andre Fernandez. Enjoy the postseason, everyone.